Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Expert Trader Podcast Series. We have a very special guest today, Jessica. Welcome to the Expert Trader Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's great to have you on. To the folks at home that don't know about you, do you want to give a little backstory on who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jessica Lane. Hi, everyone. I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a serial investor. I got into investing in 2017. Before that, I was training for the Olympics and boxing. That is how I developed the discipline I needed in order to become a successful trader. And ever since, I've just been grinding. So that's kind of crazy. I hope you guys understood what she just said. How did you transition from boxing to trading? When did trading come in the picture? Well, when I lost, I lost at the Olympic trials in 2016 and I was devastated, of course, because you work so hard just trying to accomplish a goal. And I'm the type of person I don't believe in backup plans because I feel like if you have a backup plan, you never really fully believed in what it is that you were doing in the first place. So I went all in on that. And so I was training six hours a day, three in the morning, three in the evening, every single day. So when I lost, of course, I was like very upset. I was devastated. I went through like a whole depression. At that point, I needed God to lead me to the next thing of whatever was supposed to happen in my life. And I think that's the, the craziest part about life is like you start out doing something and you think that that's what your purpose is and you think that's what you're supposed to do. And God literally throw a monkey wrench in your plans and what you thought you were supposed to be doing and what you thought was your purpose was not God's purpose for your life. So ultimately I got into investing. Actually, the, the story is kind of funny. So I graduated from Spelman and the whole time I was in school, I was training for the Olympics. But when I graduated, one of my neos, which is a girl that pledges under me. So I was in a sorority and a girl that pledged under me told me about trading. Come to find out she was, in, of course, in IML. All right. And I was like, oh, uh, -uh. I knew off the jump, like literally a month in, I was like, I'm not about to be doing recruiting. Like this is BS ultimately, because what it was is it was a blind leading a blind. You get in, right? And then all these people say, hey, we're going to teach you how to trade, but actually they're not teaching you anything. They're just telling you to go recruit a whole bunch of people. And how I'm going to go recruit somebody if I don't know what I'm doing first. So I thought it was like complete BS. I stopped and then I started seeking out mentors back to back to back. So ultimately I paid for like, and this is pretty much a lot of people's story where you pay for so many different mentorships. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's wrong. You just thirsty for knowledge. As far as like the go-getter mentality and the go-getter mindset, it's like, you just thirsty for knowledge. You want to learn, you want to learn and you don't know which direction you need to learn from. And I just thank God, even with that, I just came into alignment with who I needed to be in alignment with in order to master this skill set. But the craziest thing about it is you can learn everything, but until you get yourself together and your mindset together, you're not going to master it at all. And that was ultimately what I discovered throughout the whole process. There we go. So, I mean, if we're going to touch on that topic, if someone is right now, let's say they're looking for a mentor and you said that mm -hmm. you were in that phase, how important was mentorship to your journey? The mentorship was important, but when you find a mentor, you have to find somebody that's aligned with you because just paying for a mentorship, like there are a lot of scammers out here. There are a lot of people that will tell you, you know, Hey, I'm gonna teach you how to try. I'm gonna teach you how to trade. Like you need to find somebody that actually cares. All right. And then you have to find somebody that actually has results, not say they have results. You need to find somebody with results. That's, that's very, very key. But, um, through my mentorship though, like I paid over $20,000 to learn how to trade. If you want to be 100% honest, I paid over $20,000. And then ultimately after spending all that money, I lost over a hundred thousand dollars in my trading account. 
And at that point, I stopped and I went like, literally, I was like, God, I'm gonna need you to help me figure this out. And I locked myself in a room and literally just took down notes of every good thing that I learned from everything that I liked from like basically mentorships that I had taken. I just started just back testing back to back to back to back to back. I stopped trading. I just was like, right now is the season that I need to learn. And a lot of people, when they trade in, like, you know, you, you test it and then you try to go try it in your account. And it's like, you haven't perfected the skill yet. So you learning something and then it's like, oh, okay, now let me go trade learn something okay now let me go trade and it don't work like that like you got to master the skill set first then once you master the skill set you got to master your psychology so if you had to put steps on it if you had to put steps on what someone needs to go through to be successful in trading what are those steps like should they rush into the technicals first should they learn about structure should they learn about psychology what should somebody focus on so i think that structure and and technicals are really the same when it comes to trading, for me, I use structure for everything. And I think that trading is more so structure than a strategy. So I don't believe in strategies. Like I know a lot of people, they do London breakout session. They do all these different things, but I don't feel like strategies really sustain you. And of course, that's for me. I think that the beautiful thing about trading is people can have a whole bunch of different methodologies of how they approach the market. And we can all come out with winning trades, but all approach the market in different ways. So I want to first say on this podcast that like, I'm not downing anybody. I'm not saying like, I'm not one of those egotistical people that's like, oh, it's my way or the end all be all. Like if it's making you money consistently, the whole goal is to be consistently profitable. But as far as the steps, like you 100% have to learn the skill set. After you learn the skill set, then you master psychology. Because when you first come into trading, if I told somebody that was completely novice, that didn't understand trading, you need to master your psychology first. They're not going to really understand what I'm saying until they go through that process. And they go through that process of having to now train their eyes and really like be able to see what even is your risk appetite. And then you got to go through those stages of fear and greed and like, who are you on your charts? Like I truly believe that trading exposes you to who you are. 100%. If we kind of go back a little bit, what was your first experience with trading itself? Really like entering a trade? Like, was it good? Did you have beginner's luck? Did it go bad? I definitely had beginner's luck. I definitely had beginner's luck. And that's how I ran up my account to over the $100,000 where I was able to lose that $100,000. I had beginner's luck to the point where I had zero fear. I'm talking about placing five standards on gold when I ain't even really understand how it moved. Like I'm talking about at the very beginning when you take it signals and you like a crackhead for trades. You know how People, and this is just like my journey. When you first get in IML or all these different companies or whatever case may be, and somebody tell you about trading and you just see in the blue and you see in the profits and you're like, it's no way. There's no way I'm making money this fast. And when they play out back to back to back, you're like, oh shit, the money's real. You know and what I'm saying? doubling up basically? Yes, back to back. My experience starting out, and I think that's why I never gave up on it. But this is the mm. thing. After that month, I was so heavy into it. I'm talking about after that month. Okay, well, let me go back. So after I decided that I did not want to do IML, this was a month in. So I was only at IML for one month. What happened was I had a pretty good following on Instagram because again, I trained for the Olympics. But after the Olympics, I transitioned into personal training. So I had a great body. All my friends, I had a whole bunch of fitness friends. So I think I had about like 70,000 
or like 60, 70,000 followers at the time. And I had a whole bunch of friends with a lot of followers too. I'm like, yo, we about to run it up. I had all my girlfriends. I'm like, yo, we about to be some boss women. Let's go. This is what y'all need to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I tried it. Like literally I did it like three weeks. All the trades were hidden. I put all my friends in, all of them blew their accounts immediately. Everybody like, Jessica, you scam me. How you do this? Da, 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 da. Like, what is this? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, like, I promise I ain't scam you. Like, it was working. Like, I don't know what happened. Yep. And at that moment where you can't tell somebody what happened, that's the worst feeling in the world. Okay. When you can't tell somebody what happened. You can't tell somebody why, why they just lost a trade. And you can't even walk them through what just happened. That's the moment I literally look myself in the mirror like, oh, hell no, I got to learn this for myself. But because I made so much money in the beginning, that was how I knew it was real. And that's what mm-hmm. made me like dive deep into truly understanding this for myself. And I truly believe once you learn how to trade and you master trading, you don't need nobody for nothing. It's just you and yourself. There we go. What did you start off with to get to the 100K account? In my very first account? When I first, first started trading where I am on, they said, okay, fund up an account. I started with $700. Soon as the first few trades hit, I put another 3,000 in. Then I put another 5,000 in. And then also all of those profits, but then I kept depositing also. It wasn't like one of those things where I, I started with a balance and then was just able to grow that balance because immediately I understood that the more money you got in your account, the more money money you can make. So I just started deposits, 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 stupid as hell. Okay. Stupid. (laughs) We all make bad decisions when we're starting out after that incident with the friends. So what happened? Did all the friends stop trading? Did you keep trading after what happened? They all caught me a scam. They all told me that they was like, um what did they say and it was my close friends at that so they knew my character but then at the same point it's money so it's the one thing when you do something bad with your friends and they're just like they look at you sideways but when people lose money that's personal yeah yeah Yeah, it's personal especially when you're at that age where like money not growing on trees everybody working hard like granted i was an entrepreneur i've always been an entrepreneur so when i was personal training and everything like it was like okay let me make this money. I can go get some more clients to make some more money. But where people that's working jobs, you can't, it's not that easy. You got to wait on your next paycheck to get your money. So if you're right. spending money on rent and then you just put all this money into your account, you know what I'm saying? Like they were literally about to be looking at you crazy. So no, they all were like, that's good. This ain't it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what did you do after? How did, how were you able to bounce back after that? So how did you end up dealing with that? So with my friends, I knew, again, because I had had success, beginner's luck at the very beginning, I knew it was real. So I wasn't quitting on it. I was like, I just need to figure it out. Like, I knew it was just a matter of me figuring it out, right? That was the first thing. But as far as me blowing the money, that just came from just bad decisions. Like me just really, really, well, really greed, ultimately. Like greed. That's the best way I can describe it. It was 100% greed, right? So taking signals, then after I knew I didn't want to do IML and I wanted to learn, then I like was on to this whole London. That's why I'm saying like, I don't really believe in strategies um, because there are so many different ways. Like somebody can teach you London breakout session, the M- the SMA cross the EMA, like everything that everybody learns when you first start and then you realize this isn't sustainable. After I lost $100,000, that took a couple months. 
But after I lost the $100,000, again, I was depressed. I'm a very spiritual person. At that point, I was like at my lowest. I knew trading was what I wanted to do and I needed to figure out. But to want something so bad and you can't figure out and then you don't know how to figure it out and then you spending a whole bunch of money to try to figure it out, but it's still not working. That's the moment you'll be like, yo, I know I'm not crazy. What is happening, right? And again, I'm a super spiritual person. So I have a prayer closet. I don't know how, who listening to this, but if you're not close to God, I strongly recommend get in a relationship with him, but I have a prayer closet. So I just went in my prayer closet. I went on a discipline fast. It's this book called No Excuses by Brian Tracy. It's like, I read it literally at the beginning of every year. And it's 21 days. And you know, it takes 21 days to make a habit. It takes 90 days to make something a lifestyle. And so I told myself every single day, I'm about to study this. I don't care how many hours I need to study it, but I'm about to study it. I ran three miles a day every day for for literally three months straight, three miles a day. I literally was just eating like certain things. I went on a complete discipline fast. I needed to cleanse myself from everything and everybody. Every single day, I was just on a chart that over time, it just clicked. Like it literally clicked so much to the point where I was like, I had an epiphany moment where I was like, I figured it out. So let's dive into that. What did you learn from that phase? So first off, what what do you feel like led to that epiphany moment? Was it clearing out the noise? Was it focusing specifically on why you were losing and kind of getting more? But what, what, what did you do differently in that period? Well, I did a couple of things. The first thing is, is really going through and back testing. A lot of people say they back test, but they really don't back test. Just because you're looking at the past don't mean you back testing. So like using your replay on the chart, just putting price at different places and really analyzing and seeing what's happening in those places, getting to know your peers. When it comes to your actual trades, like coming up with a secure trading plan, like not just, hey, a a lot of people when they're composing their trading plan, they're only looking at money. I want to grow my account by this much every month. That's not a trading plan. Like what is your set of rules that you stick in? to that's first thing what's your set of rules that you stick into sorry i don't i don't mean to cut you off but i have to ask you about that what is jessica's trading plan like blueprint what does someone need to make sure they put in their plan i'll give you just like a brief overview like when you're in your trades what are you doing with your stop loss how much are you increasing your positions by how many positions are you taking on a trade are you literally trading your pullbacks or are you trading reversals if you trade a reversal where inside of that market are you going to enter the market how many pips away from that next move are you going to enter your next trade is it literally based off of structure where you're doing it as your next high or your nets low that you, or your nets lower high that you're placing your nets position at. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you lose a trade, how much of that trade, like how much are you going to reduce your position size by? It's so many different things. You're talking about being very specific. So not just like how much money you want to make, but really yeah. that specific. Being very specific and really like having, again, rules. Like my rules are very, very, very concrete. And then based off of your balance, like how much are you trying to grow your percent or how much are you trying to grow your account by per week? And then by month, how much are you trying to grow it by? And then once you hit your winning, once you hit like your goal, what are you going to do? Are you going to walk away or are you going to keep trading and be greedy? Ain't that the question? <laughs> In terms of what you were learning about the charts in that period, not just the psychology, but what you learned about trading, what do you feel like you took away the most? 
from the back testing. Really, how to trade. Like during that point in time, I learned how to trade because before I wasn't trading. I was taking positions, but I wasn't trading. Mm. You can place positions and not know what's going on in the market. In order to be successful in trading, you always have to know where you are in the market. If you don't know where you are in the market, you're going to be lost. Mm. So just understanding what it is that you're doing. What structure are you in? You know what I'm saying? Are you on major structure? Are you in minor structure? Is there a break of structure? How are you entering your positions? All of that stuff goes into account. No, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it possible, do you think, for someone, like have you seen from your experience with students, someone come in and just understand that stuff easier than someone else? Or do you feel like everyone can learn it the same? No, I definitely think that you have to have a certain mentality to learn it. It's not that somebody can learn easier than someone else, but I think that different experiences make us who we are to where some people retain information better than others. Some people believe in themselves more than others. Some people have higher work ethic than others. Some people have more discipline than others. And all of that stuff goes into account. If I like, first off, and it's just off tops, if you want to be a successful trader, you got to have the you have to have the ability to pay attention to detail. If you don't have the ability to pay attention to detail, then you might as well hang it up. You also have to be disciplined. If you're not disciplined to literally do what you need to do, again, you might as well hang it up. And then you also have to have mental stability. Mental stability is everything. You have to have a sound mind, but again, that comes with discipline. I think that all of those things play a big big role in everything because let's say something happens and you get in a little bit of drawdown you have to trust your analysis and know what you saw before you even took that position because everything is psychology the market pays you to be patient but in that you have to perfect your skill set to the point where you have great entries so that you don't have to worry or so that you can minimize that drawdown makes sense i have a this is like a side question because Mm -hmm. you do have a background in athletics which is a very, it's a really, really high discipline thing that you have to do. But trading is also a lot of patience. So how do you Mm -hmm. balance this like work ethic hustle with the patience of trading? So from the very first question um, that you asked in regards to to me being an athlete, I think that 100% made me the trader that I am. I do not believe that I would be this successful at trading if I didn't go through what I went through when it comes to boxing, because boxing taught me everything about discipline. Like, because for my fights, I had to be a certain weight. Like I always had to drop weight for fights. So I always had to monitor what I eat. So like, even now I'm super disciplined in what I eat. I have a full sits back, right? And I can literally stop working out for two, three weeks and my sits back will still be there because of my food and my nutrition that I put into my body. You know what I'm saying? But it's literally choosing, it's a choice. It's choosing what you want long-term over instant gratification. Mm. I don't choose things that are easy, right? I choose things that are right. So even when it comes to my trades, I would much rather wait on my entry than to wait to get out of drawdown. So I'm not the type of person that's thirsty for trades. Like, oh, I always need to be in a market. I always need to be in a market. I always wait for the market to be ready for me. You see what I'm saying? Like, I literally wait on my setups. And it's really like boxing. Like, in boxing, you keep your hands up and you fire when you got to open it. 
So you dodging, you dodging, you dodging, you literally looking to see what's going on. And when you got an opening, that's when you straight. The market is the exact same way. So it's really learning to like think rational and think clearly under pressure. Would it's you think that's a really important chaos. skill? Oh. It's being able to operate in controlled chaos. So if someone's watching this and they're like, well, I'm not a boxer and I don't really do intense things. Like what can somebody do to simulate that same environment for themselves? Learn how to be disciplined in whatever it is that you do. Because discipline is, is the root of life in accomplishing anything. Discipline is literally the premise of every goal that is mastered and reached. You can't reach anything ever without discipline first. That's why you got people crazy, falling, lives falling apart left and right because they have no discipline. People with money problems is because they have no discipline. People whose weight is out of control is because they have no discipline. Most of the stuff that we do in life, we are doing to ourselves. So what are you choosing? You see what I'm saying? What are you choosing? Let's say somebody works like in an office or somebody works like at a warehouse or whatever it is. And they're like, well, I want to be disciplined, but they don't, there's nothing in their day that's like forcing them to be disciplined. Is there it any? Is so. Every time people have to wake up to go to the gym if they choose to. That's a discipline. Food, like I just used that. That's a discipline. So it's even though I used boxing because that's my personal story, everybody mm -hmm. can use it in their own individual lives of whatever it is that they're doing. That's awesome. I did a deep dive on your Instagram and there's some quotes that I need you to break down to see what these things mean. Um, okay. <laughs> the poverty and riches are the offspring of thought. Both okay. poverty and riches are the offspring of thought. Your thoughts control everything. You are what you think. Whether you believe you're going to accomplish something, you are the sum total of what you think. Okay, so how is somebody keeping themselves in poverty through their thought? What are some things that like, what are some things that are like a, a poverty mindset that is common in poverty mindset? Not, well, one, at always asking, and this, this, it might sound cliche, but this is so true. When you ask how much something costs, if you ask how much something costs, that means that you're coming from a place of lack. It's a fact because it's really value. You know what I'm saying? It's value. How much is something worth to you? Because there are a lot of people that's in poverty, like, and I don't want to use personal experiences, but I have a lot of people in my life who like I've just seen, whether it be friends from college or whatever the case may be, that's still in the same traps and still in the same complacency and still in the same mindset. And they smoke weed, <laughs> they drink, that costs money. So if you don't have money for, let's say gas, but you got money for weed, then that's not really a balance, right? It's a choice. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I know that's kind of far stretched, but no, no, that's a, that's a perfect example. Yeah, because like, a lot of people are probably have their own things in their life that they're probably making that trade off for, and really, it's like, a trade off. People would say they don't have money to learn a new skill set, but they got money to go to the club. Like it's really just your thoughts. You know what I'm saying? It's what you think. Now, give me something about the rich mindset. So you said the poverty mindset is kind of being too too like focus on the price as opposed to the value. What about the rich mindset? What's something that you've learned to help you kind of stay in that, in that state? So I think the rich mindset is never complaining, 
always living in gratitude, always being thankful for what you have, always believing, surrounding yourself around positivity and positive energy, never surrounding yourself around negativity. Like I don't do negativity. I don't do sob stories because I've been there. Like I told, well, like I, I actually told you this, but like I told you, like I was homeless when I was training for the Olympics. I literally was, I'm talking about sleeping in my car. I bought a $60 storage unit and took um, showers at Gold's Gym for $10. The membership was $10 a month. I knew that I wasn't going to stay in that place. But that's like a winner's mentality because I could have easily been like, oh my God, like this sucks. This is so depressing. And just stayed in that place and wallowed in the mud and then started drinking because life was too hard and felt like I couldn't get out or whatever the case may be. No, I got my ass up and I worked. I had three jobs and I'm like, no, we about to get this. So like I said, I've always been an entrepreneur. So I was personal trainer early in the morning. Um, I went to school to be a reporter. But when you first start out as a reporter, you don't make that much money until you're an anchor. So living in DC, DC's rent is extremely high. And at the time I couldn't afford it. So I would literally, and it sounds crazy, but I would literally train my clients from five in the morning to eight, go to the news station from nine to five, literally have to do boxing training. Okay. At 6 PM. All right. Sometimes seven, depending on what my trainer had going on six to nine during those times, right? And then in the morning, well, during my lunch break, I would have to like do a whole bunch of cardio, whatever the case may be. And then after at night, I would bartend. Like that was a grind for a while. No, <laughs> the fact that you went to bartend after was insane. You're a warrior for that, for real. Yeah, but the beautiful thing about it is that I only had to bartend on the weekends, but it was still a lot. Like I was never getting rest. You know what I'm saying? And then when when the Olympics got super, super, super intense, then I would have to train three hours in the morning and then three hours in the evening. So then I wouldn't train my clients in the morning and that took back on my money. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like, it was just like when you said, how do you balance it all? Like you have to, I don't think there's ever a thing in life called balance. I think it's a thing in life called priorities. What are you prioritizing? Uh, that was that was really good. I had to write that one down. Um, so I kind of want to relate this back to trading. And I do want to I want to talk about some of your ventures. I want to talk about Jess Invest. Do you treat your trading students the same way that you did your personal training students? Like, is it the same kind of like the same thing discipline showing up being consistent? Or is it different? Yes, and no. The reason I say yes, and no, is because with my personal training clients, like, I only trained women. All right. That was the first thing, but I would always have them like in different groups. And it was, I think the process was easier unless I had to get somebody that was super out of shape to mm -hmm. being in shape. Right. That's when you have to change the mentality. So I have a few where if you're super overweight and you have to change literally your mindset, like when you're super overweight, you have to change your psychology of how you think about things in order to actually lose the weight and then keep the weight off. Cause it can't be like this fad diet where you just pick up or lose the weight and then pick it all back up when you get done. But then I had a lot of clients that were like, just trying to maintain, you see what I'm saying? So I didn't have to implement that psychological aspect on them. But when it comes to my trading students, like my trading students, I don't even take people like that. Like I have a waiting list. Like I'm very, very particular about my students because when it comes to my students, I don't do it for the money at all. 
Like I can make the money in the market without the headache. And that's a fact. When it comes to my trading students, I'm very protective about who comes in my space, right? I have some students that they would be in my course and I'd be like, I can't, I can't do this and give their money back because we weren't in alignment. Anything I do, like you gotta be aligned with me if I'm a rock with you. Because I live in a season of choice. Like I choose what I want in my space. That's awesome. What is a what is in your eyes a good student versus a, a bad student? I don't have bad students because at the end of the day, I kick them out if they aren't in alignment with me, to be honest. What and that's someone, just so what does someone have to do to get kicked out? Not do homework. Not do homework. So again, like I I have like one-on-one students and I know this sounds crazy, but I have one-on-one in group students where like I check their homework because the thing about me when it comes to my students, like trading is one of those things that I feel is though you have to walk somebody through the market, okay? I'm very hands-on and kind of like a micromanager also that I need you to get it. And you are a reflection of me at this point. If you my student and you graduate with me, that means that you are a reflection of me. So you need to make money, right? And it's so crazy because people say 90%, 96% of all people that try Forex fail. I would say one out of every 20 students that I have are not that good. But this is the thing. That was when I first started because everybody has different psychological issues. You know what I'm saying? And the people that weren't good, it was literally because they had something that they needed to deal with. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a whole student submission form that people have to do. Like, I literally basically interview people before I decide, yes, I'm going to take you or no, I'm not. Can you share what qualities you're looking for? Yeah, I need you to have the ability to pay attention to detail. Again, that's super, super important. I need you to have mental stability. I need you to have strong work ethic. Trading is 100% paying attention to detail. We don't want a half blue, half red account. We want majority blue. So in that, you have to have like the ability to do the work. A lot of people want the results without doing the work and it don't work like that. You got to do the work. And that's the thing about trading. Again, it exposes you to who you are. The laziness is going to be exposed. The procrastination is going to be exposed. The indecision will be exposed. The perfectionism will be exposed. All of those things will be exposed. And then you know what you need to work on. That's awesome. That, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going back to the, the first set of questions that we were going through. Because I'm kind of going back to the, the timeline that we had, which is deep dive on your Instagram quotes that I kind of want you to break down. Yeah. Um, you said, stop worrying about what you didn't get in and focus on what trade to get in next or opportunity mm -hmm. to get in next. Could you break mm -hmm. that down? Yeah, I think a lot of people harp on like, let's say you marked up a chart. Let's say the move happened before you realized and you weren't paying attention to your charts, whatever the case may be. You didn't have your alert set on trading view, whatever. The move happened before you knew it. You knew that it was setting up to make a move, but you didn't get in. And then you just sat or you like, ah, oh, should have gotten that or whatever the case may be. Yo, do you understand that the market presents opportunities every single day, right? So while you harping on that trade that you did not get in, it's a move that's setting up right in front of your face, but you can't see it because you worried about the trade that you did not get in. 
how much do you feel like that gets in the way of people losing in the markets? Just not being able to see the next opportunity because they're so focused on a loss versus like just not knowing what they're doing. Like, which one do you think like causes more loss? So that's emotion. Okay. So it's a two-part question. So when you said not really knowing what they're doing or losing a trade and then harping on that loss. So if you don't know what you're doing, you need to stop trading immediately, period, point blank and figure it out because this is the thing if you just keep losing you're going to damage your psychology and a lot of people talk about trading but omit the psychology part and i think that's the most craziest thing ever because psychology once you understand the skill set after that psychology is literally the main thing that you need to really overcome and master you know what i'm saying so when it comes to that if you do not know what you're doing, then that means you don't even have a structure or a methodology of how you're approaching the market, period, right? And whatever that is, that I mean, it's different for everybody. Like some people do Ichimoku Cloud. Some people do Elliott Wave. I do Fibonacci. I love Fibs. You know what I'm saying? But that's not going to work for everybody. Whatever it is that you do, you need to master it. Like even I, I teach free every Sunday night. That's my give back day to the world, to be honest, right? So that's my give back day to the world. Because my thing is, is I have to mark up regardless. So I might as well help somebody in the process. But I tell people at the beginning of that call, like if Fibonacci is not what you do, get off the call because I'm not the person that you need to be learning from. Because at the end of the day, every, like you have to master something. You're not going to get trading, hopping from Elliott Wave to Ichimoku Cloud to all of these the indicators, all these different things. You're not going to master trading that way. Everybody uses something different. If you don't use fibs, then go to the next person and use what you use or use what you like and master it. Don't try to learn from me just because you see my account blue, because it's a lot of people that's accounts blue that use different stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of successful people, but people think like, oh, this person got the next best thing. No, it's you against you, but you have to master it first and you will never master something trying to learn everything for sure this that goes back to what you said earlier which is that if in trading is like if it works for you then it, that's really what you got to be sticking to and i think that's really important what you just said was if you're you know if you trade a certain way and you can't find someone who trades that way don't just try to adopt someone else's strategy but try to find someone that aligns with how you're trading um could you talk about that a little bit more i think that's pretty important yeah, it's super important. You, But again, it depends on where somebody is with their journey. Because if it's somebody brand new, they don't not know anything, then okay, just find somebody who you like and then literally align yourself with them. But don't quit. Like that's the main thing. You cannot quit. You got to figure it out from A to Z, right? But in terms of like making sure you're learning from somebody that aligns with or that is aligned with whatever you do, that's super important because at the end of the day, Again, you can't, you cannot master something trying to do everything. It will never work. So you got to stick to one thing and focus. You have to stick to one thing and focus. Like this is the thing about me, right? I don't care how much money somebody made. If you don't do what I do, I don't care what you're doing. And it's not a knock to that person, right? Because I think a lot of people in trading, they, especially and maybe because I'm a female so I don't have a super big ego I just look at people like yo at the end of the day if we all making money why does it matter 
You know what I'm saying? But you know how some people are like, oh no, like I, I use I use this or I use that. Who gives up? As long as you're making money, as long as you're consistently making money. Because I would say this, I would rather, I 100% respect the person that can consistently catch 50 to 100 pips with a small lot size than somebody that uses 25 standards and catch six pips and say, oh, I got the bag. No, you just had anxiety in the market. And as soon as you went blue, you closed your trade, boo-boo. I'm staying, I'm staying away from that one. You said risk comes from not I mean, knowing but it's what a you're fact. doing. Yes, but it's a fact. Like people, and it, it's so crazy because even when you see people that post profits on Instagram or whatever the case may be, and it's like these huge profits, but then they only have like five to six pips and you're like, um, is that trading? Or did you, again, just have anxiety in the market and close your account as soon as it went blue? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to say this. I'm not a five pip trader. You guys, you guys see me live stream. Everyone who follows this, you guys know I'm not a five pip trader, but in their defense, I know that some people, once you get to a certain place, you could mm -hmm. stay in the whole trade or kind of put in a bigger size and, and kind of get out early. The thing that the people at home need to understand is that it might not work for everybody. So that strategy mm -hmm. might work for the person who's using it, like the 25 lots, 10 pips and they're out, but they, that's not going to work for, for you or not for you but for the but, but but even with that though like five to six pips like it's a difference between scalping like i 100 agree with you there is somebody that can literally scalp a position opposed to staying in a larger trade if they have a larger balance and they want to stay in shorter let's say they have a super busy life and they wake up for a london session and they trade in london session they're like okay i gotta do some shit right now so let me close out this position or whatever that's cool as long as you understand the structure what i'm saying when you have these people that's literally using these demo accounts and then posting them or whatever accounts that they use in and then they literally as soon as it goes blue close the trade that's not trading okay that's no yeah. that's, a, that's a very clear yeah i really I, I appreciate you breaking that down there's a difference between like just kind of like this gambling thing versus like actual scalping and i, I see the difference that you're talking about that's crucial yeah, for sure, because that's the thing about trading also once you understand once you understand structure you can scalp you could do intraday trading you can do swing trading whatever works best for you and again that depends on your personality type also you have some people that are super patient that like swing trading you have some people that like their intraday trades like i'm an intraday trader but i know a lot of people that are scalpers that are great scalpers you know what i'm saying but you still understand structure and you still have a systematic approach of how you're analyzing the market and getting into your entries and getting into or in and out of your positions based off of however style or methodology it is that you trade in. You not just, oh, as soon as the market's pushing in one direction, you place a position and then you hurry up and close it before it goes red. That's not trading. Yep. Now I've, I've taken a look at your strategy. I actually really, really like the way that you trade. And it is very methodical, you know, it's very methodical. It's really, it's not momentum, just like, oh, it's a breakout, whatever it is. There's really a step-by-step -step system. And I, I think it's awesome. If someone's listening to this and they're looking to level up their game in 2022, mm -hmm. what advice could you give to folks? There's a lot of noise everywhere today. Mm -hmm. What advice could you give to folks in terms of how they can level up in 2022? Well, first off, decide what it is that you want to do. In regards to trading, even when it comes to trading, decide what you want to trade. Don't look at everything. Like there are some people and a lot of people may disagree with this, but I truly believe like stick to a good five pairs 
And you don't even have to trade all five of those. But at the beginning of the week, I analyzed, I would say three to five. I'm going to take all of those positions because everything's not going to have a setup at every single moment that you're looking at the market. But you want to look and see what has the best setups. But if you literally looking at every single pair that's there and you just going through your trading view, clicking on a whole bunch of different pairs, you're never one going to get to know your pairs intimately. I, th I truly believe you should know whatever pairs it is that you trade, you should know how it trades. You should know it like you know your boyfriend and your girlfriend. You should know it like you know your mama and your daddy. You need to know it. But also in that, making sure that you are fully, fully understanding them. I don't think that everybody should trade everything at all. I think that's really crucial. I mean, a lot of folks are trying to do all the pairs in the market just because they don't really know what to focus on. And I think they're too short term sighted. Like if something's not moving right now, it's like, let me go all the way down the list until I see anything. Um, when you say know your pair, like people that mark up, let's say somebody mark up 25 charts, right? You're going to forget where you are in the market. You're going to for, even forget the setup that you were looking at. And then you own 24 other pairs and you like, wait, what, where, where was I? What was I looking at? When you say know your pair, like, do you stick to a specific session or do you just, um, if the specific, if your specific system shows up, like if your trade shows up, you just take it. No. So I typically trade GJGU gold, US 30, and sometimes EU. All right. Those are what I typically mark up. Um, and then I set alerts for everything. So it's not that I will specifically trade a session. And again, that depends on how much time I have also, but I travel a lot right so typically i would just set like my alerts and then once it gets hit i go back to the market and literally wait for my break and then retest and then enter you know what i'm saying but i have everything marked up so i always do my due diligence but i'm just at that point like i think all, people also have to understand kind of where you are i feel like i'm at the point where i don't have to be on my charts all the time because i i know my charts so much that like, I know what I'm looking for to happen before I get in that trade. You know what I'm saying? And if it's not clear, I don't take it. I never, I never, ever, ever go through no crazy risk because if my setup not there, I'm not taking it. How much of the boxing background plays into that part? Like, would you, obviously you would never walk into a ring unprepared. Does that ever play into it? Like, you gotta make sure you're ready? Absolutely. Like you got training camp before your fight. It's the same thing in the market. You need to know everything about your peers. You need to know what it is that you're doing. You need to have your trading plan in order to secure your profits. That's, that's amazing. I really appreciate that. So in terms of, this is the, one of the, the last few questions. I'm not going to take too much of your time. It's a fact at this point that there's more men than women that trade. Is there any advice that you would give to women traders that's different than men? Or is, it this, is trading the same for all genders? No, because I actually have majority women students and they're way better than a lot of my men's students, but I have some great men's students also. I just think also that depends on that individual person, right? So I'll give you an example. Let's say I have a male that, or let's say there's a guy that has a lot of pressure on his back from his family. Let's say he has kids, whatever the case may be, and he, men wear the weight of their shoulders. So, or they wear, they bear the weight of their family on their shoulders, right? So they have a lot more pressure. So that can mentally mess a dude up to where 
when they get in the market, they so focused on trying to make the money that they don't make the money because they have a implementation of fear when they're approaching their charts. Then you can have a woman that, of course, we all know that typically women are a little bit more emotional than men or whatever case may be. We have to master our emotions or whatever, but we have the ability to pay way more attention to detail than men. So let's say you got a woman that knows how to master her emotions like me, all right, that's super paying attention to details, and she's like, oh, I'm about to execute this. Because it's more balanced and level-headed, I don't have to suffer from greed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, men are like, rah, like, ah, let's get this, let's go. And then like, you know what I'm saying? But that's a good, I, th- I just think that I wouldn't put one gender over the other at all. I just think it really depends on that individual person, their work ethic, their mentality, their, their really who they are as a person. What advice would you give to women in terms of like, they might, women just might not feel like trading is a game for them because they see so many men doing it and not a lot of women doing it. What advice would you give to women in terms of picking up this skill? Let's say someone's watching this and they don't already trade. What advice would you be able to give them? You don't even want to know my answer to that. (laughs) Because my true answer to that is if you feel like you shouldn't do this because men do it, then you shouldn't be doing it because you already defeated yourself from the beginning. So if you believe that and you truly believe that, don't even waste your time. You know what I'm saying? But I'm also coming from a very strong male-dominated sport also. Like, I know I can do anything. As long as I put my mind to it, I could accomplish whatever it is that I want to do. But for a woman that's, like, not into trading and she like, oh, I want to dabble in the field, but it's like, oh, it's too many men in the field. Like, she intimidated from the jump. So that's going to be a psychological issue once she's on the charts. So I honestly, if she's not willing to work on herself to know and gain that confidence, don't even waste your time. That self-belief is key. Jessica, do you want to tell the folks at home what you're currently working on, what projects you have going? Right now, yeah, absolutely. So right now I am building a school in Africa, fully funded by myself in trading, okay? Um, and it's just to help impoverished people. Like, I think this skill set is a skill set that truly gets people out of poverty 100%. Um, and again, when it's trading, like when it's anybody that's trading, when you really understand trading in its full entirety, you really understand that it's you against you. You don't need anybody for anything. You don't have to want it's not a it's not a political ladder that you have to go through. It's literally you against you and your charts. So I'm building a school in Africa. It's actually in Dar es Salaam. That's the name of the city. It's in Tanzania. And it's going to be amazing. I currently have mentees over there that hop on the free Sunday night calls that have learned how to trade by themselves. Okay. I went over there and did a four hour seminar. And this is another thing that I want to say, because out of all my mentees around the world, right? I have a lot of mentees that are in other countries that work their ass off compared to Americans. And excuse my language, but I'm just real passionate about this, okay? Because I did one four-hour class in Africa where I literally taught them everything that I know, all right? The class was basically free. And I'm like, 
at the end of the day, God gave me this skill set. So I'm not going to be selfish and not share it. That's another reason why I do the free Sunday calls. But from that class, I have students that have been making money. And that part of Africa that I'm talking about, the average person makes three to $5 a day. And one of my students over there made $800 in a day. Another one's made $100,000. I mean, not $100,000, $1,000 in a day. One of them's made $100 in a day. It's just like all of these beautiful stories from people that's able to make income for themselves and provide for themselves by their brains. And that's the most beautiful part about trading. It's your brain. Are you ever planning on opening a school in the States or no? I wouldn't be opposed to it, but um, here's the thing. And it's, you know, I might have people be like, uh, why she say that? But it, I, I truly believe that Americans that are poor are lazy because we have opportunity. Foreign countries, third world countries where they don't even have shoes. They're trying to figure out where their next meal is going to come from. They're not waiting on a handout. They don't have resources. It's a difference. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I want to help people who need, not want, just because of a handout. So it's not that I'm opposed to doing it in the United States, but it's more so of, and granted, I'm from the United States. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's not impact to me. Impact, because of that class over there, and even starting at school over there, that's a skill set that you now have the ability to pass down to your generations, right? Mm. And the fact that you were able to gain that in that four hour session alone, just by, I'm talking about, they were taking notes intensively because they knew it was, I have to get this. Right. It's not like if I miss this, there's the next opportunity gonna come by. It's, they really took it serious. I have to get this. So and if somebody, like, uh, if somebody treated trading that way, do you feel like it would take them to the next level if they felt absolutely. like it was a need as opposed to a want? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But here's the thing. A lot of them, before they got in their live accounts, I specifically told them, like one of them, his name is Seki. He's like a little brother to me at this point. I love this little boy so much. Okay. I told him he na- needed 70 straight ones in his demo account before he touched his live account. And the reason being is because you need to see that consistency because this is a thing. This is also the the flip side of that. When you don't have money Mm -hmm. and you are constantly like, I need to make money. I need to make money. I need to make money. That's the quickest way to lose it because you mentally have such an attachment to it that you don't want to lose it. But once you're able to build up that consistency in your demo account, back to back to back to the point where it becomes second nature mm. you at least catch in 30 pips minimum i told him 30 pips minimum on each trade and once he did that now he's consistently profitable that's everything yeah. i look at his charts and i'm like like listen <laughs> you made me proud okay <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious because i'm like wow like it's beautiful because once you implement something like that, that's like, you never have to want for nothing again. And you understand that it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. For sure. All you have to do 
It's just compound your account at this point. Take it slow. Take it slow. It's not, it's not, it's just you against you. So if someone, this is, I'm, I'm actually really curious about this. If someone doesn't have the financial stability, because if someone's watching this and they're like, maybe they're not financially stable, you're, t- you're saying that they actually can still succeed in trading, but they have to put in so much work on that demo that like, you know, they're so good at it that the emotions don't even play in. Yeah, absolutely. But this is the thing about a demo account. You have to treat it like a live account. You can't do a demo account where you place a trade and then completely forget about it because you know it's your demo. You have to have that same attachment to that account. As if it was real. Even even experienced traders, before you up your lot, like before I got to the point where I was able to really, really increase my lot sizes, you have to have the psychology to see those bigger numbers. Mm -hmm. Right? So while I would place my, my regular trades on like my live account, like those heavy, heavy, big lot sizes, I needed to place in a demo account first to train my eyes to see the numbers first. For sure. Before I put it in my live account. So even if you are an experienced trader and you're just trying to get to the next level, let's say you're trying to get to seven, eight, 10 standards or whatever the case may be, that doesn't just happen overnight. You see what I'm saying? And I know like I might not be telling people what they want to hear, but it's the facts about it. Like trading is a, it's always a process. And this is the thing about it. Once you get to that next level, now you have to train yourself to get to that next level after that and the next level after that. And the beautiful thing about trading is you're always growing to get to your next level. It's never a cap on it. Once you get comfortable seeing six standards, now you have to get comfortable seeing seven standards. Once you get comfortable seeing seven standards, and I'll be, I'll even be very transparent on here. And I mean, shoot me down, call me bad for saying this, but I'm gonna just be real because I, I truly believe in being real about your process, your journey, because a lot of people, you know, especially traders are like, oh, if you're not making seven figures in two months, then you suck or whatever the case may be. I'm going to be real with you. When I lost that $100,000 in the market, it damaged me. So even to this day, right? And I, I even was talking about Q, I was even talking to Q about this. In order for me to get to my next level, in order for me to make $100,000 a day in the market, I now have to get my lot sizes to the point where I'm able to see that consistent. But I know that I can never have a $100,000 a day until I'm able to then get to that next level. So that's what I'm working on this year in regards to my goals. But I think that everybody should just be honest with themselves in their process of wherever it is that you are. Don't compare yourself to the next person. Understand where you are in your journey. And again, take it day by day, step by step, because Right now, like, okay, yeah, I can play six, seven standards, but I remember when I couldn't place a standard without having anxiety. So it's like, everything is a journey. Everything is a process and you have to know what your process is. Yeah, this really goes, it really touches back on what you were saying about knowing where you are. So you said that you, you have to know where you are in the market, but I feel like if you also just know where you are in your journey, there's no doubt in my mind, you'll, you'll break through it. Sunday, free webinars. Jessica, yeah. where can they find you? You can find me at it's Jessica Lane on Instagram, I-T-S-J-E-S-S-I-C-A-L-A-I-N-E and JessInvest.com. So J-E-S-S-Invest.com. This has been an amazing conversation. Jessica, thank you for stopping by the Expert Trader Podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. And the last thing I just want to say, like you just said, people should always just always be aware of where you are. That's the most important thing.
don't try to compare yourself to nobody. Stay tunnel vision, stay focused because it doesn't matter where you are right now. It matters where you're going. And as long as you're constantly growing, that's the only thing that matters. Jessica, I need you as a coach in my life. Thank you for stopping by the Expert Trader Podcast. A lot of gems. I need you guys to go back and watch this a few times. Jessica went through some really experienced knowledge here. And even though she broke it down in a simple way, it really is timeless. So make sure you guys go back. Jessica, thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much.